My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Yay, and you are fabulous. I meant that when I said it. Uh, it is why we do this show, isn't it, Shell? Thank you. Yeah, oh, I thought you were talking to me. Yeah, BFF in the house, Shelly yeah, Krause. I know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here today. Okay, here's the exciting news. We have a very uh, famous author in the house with us today, Lee Strobel, who has written The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, and a number of other books that you would know. Uh, and he has a brand new book out called The Case for Christianity Answer Book, which he's giving away on the show. And you can go to facebook.com backslash channel mom and like us, and then you can have a shot at winning the book. Let us know that you would like to win that book. Uh, I'm thrilled to have him on. Usually I go through all this stuff about, I don't know, why moms are important and why you should go to channelmom.com. I'm not going to do all that today. No, we got to get yeah. to it. You get are important. Um, That's why I do this show is because I think the media does not recognize the, the huge impact that motherhood has on our society. And when we don't lift up moms, uh, we are hurting our society at large because it, it uh, demeans marriage, it demeans uh, child rearing, it demeans the whole thing. So that's why we do this because there's so much media out there that forgets about the family, forgets about the mom, forgets about the dad, forgets about the family structure, that it's the building block of our society. That's why we do the show. I love you mothers. Thanks for what you do to be committed to raising your kids well. Uh, and today I'm going to try to help you do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank good. you. Well, I was in the media and they don't, they, they want to give you all the stuff about stardom and celebrities. And, and then this mom's sitting there with two crying babies yep. and she needs some encouragement. Absolutely. She doesn't need to know what size dress Angelina Jolie wears, you know? Right. right. I'm here cheering you on inside okay, as you're you. talking. Thank I think you. you're so right on. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, we need this family structure to be lifted Absolutely. up. Absolutely. So, I have Lee Strobel. God bless him. So glad he's in the studio with us. Uh, we answered a lot of questions yesterday. Look, folks, he was an atheist that came to faith in Christ. He's written a number of books. He's a former journalist with the Chicago Tribune. He, he made a long plotting. Well, not that long in plotting, but it took him a while to get to where he thought, you know what? I think this is true because he investigated it as a journalist to discover if the Bible really does hold up, if the story of Christ really does hold up, and he found that it did. His wife became a believer first, and then he followed along after his investigation. I wanted to bring him on to 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 cheer moms on, whether they're believers or not, to say, this is how I got there. If you want to raise your children, this is how I would suggest you do it. So today we're going to talk about those issues. Uh, yesterday we talked about some very fascinating things, but today we're going to cover other things. And Shell, you might even get a question in today if you want. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> we're going to start okay. out. Um, I, I Yesterday I played music, and I kind of wanted to play music again today, but I'm kind of worried about stepping on the wonderful things that I want Lee to talk about. But let's just play this quick song, because I want to talk about how our society suffers with a bad image of God because of suffering. Mm. And I know that you address that continually in the case for Christ, in the case for faith, and now the case for Christianity answer book. So let's play this song to get a little snippet of how our society at large feels. It's a pop song from a ways back. Go ahead, Jorge. Dear God, hope you got the letter and I pray you can make it better down here. I don't mean a big reduction in the price of beer. But all the people that you made in your image, see them starving on their feet. Because they don't get enough to eat. 
and the song goes on and on. Mm-hmm. It's called Dear God. Yeah. Um, and it goes on and on about reasons not to believe in God because of suffering. Yeah. And it's that is something that really you know strikes a chord with you sure. and that you've tried to address in all your books. Yeah. I want to go back to a story that really I mean I I sobbed when I read it again the other night, Lee. I'm so glad you tell this story. I use it in speeches that I give to mothers. Mm. It's the story of Charles Templeton. Yes. Folks, there was a man who helped Billy Graham, yeah. a man of God who would tour the country with Billy Graham and tell people all about Jesus. And one day he decided there was too much pain in the world for him to believe anymore. You had an encounter with him yeah. where he admitted something to you. I want you to retell that story, please. Yeah, I mean, Charles Templeton, people thought he would be the next big Billy Graham. I mean, at the time, because he was a better communicator than Billy and just a, a very charismatic individual. He came to faith, it's important to understand, in a very emotional way. It didn't. He didn't have a lot of intellectual underpinning. Then he went away to a liberal seminary, and they convinced him, you can't believe this stuff, and he became an agnostic, if not an atheist, and um, wrote a very ugly book, in my opinion, called um, Farewell to God, uh, in which he talks about why he rejects the faith. And I went to see him, so I wanted to find out. I wanted to hear his side and so forth. So I went to Toronto, where he was living, and sat down with him, spent the day with him. And um, and it was very interesting. At one point, uh, after him telling me all these reasons he didn't believe, including the pain and suffering issue, I said, well, who do you think Jesus is? You know, if he's not the Son of God, and he said, "Oh well, you know, anything good I ever learned, I learned from Jesus. Jesus was the most moral, the most." And he's extolling Jesus in these beautiful terms. And then he says, "And if I may, if I may put it this way, <gasps> I miss him." And then he broke down weeping. Here is the most famous agnostic or atheist in Canada, and he is weeping because he misses Jesus. I know. It was one of the most chilling—I mean, you've interviewed a lot of people in your life, and, and it, for a, a journalist, it was the most chilling interview I ever had. Because here was a man who had walked away from God, who had rejected God, who had encouraged others to walk away from God, and yet when you really got to know him and spend the day with him and probe beneath the surface, it, it, in his heart of hearts, he missed God. He missed Jesus in his life. And uh, that was a very poignant moment for me. And interestingly, um, he died a few years after that. After he read my book, by the way, I sent him the manuscript, and he read it. His, his wife actually read it to him. Which one of your twenty? The case for faith. Okay. Uh, where I deal with, he raised a bunch of objections. I said, "Those are the issues I dealt with." So I went around the country. I interviewed scholars, getting at the at the bottom. What are the answers to these issues? And I wrote the book largely, not just largely, but partly because of him. I wanted him to read it. And he was dying at the time, but his wife literally read him the whole manuscript, wrote me a very nice note talk, telling me how much he appreciated it. And he died shortly thereafter. And uh, she told, my recollection is, the Toronto newspaper that before he died, he said to her, K- K- he was in his room, hospital room, and he said, can you see them? And she uh, said, what? What are you talking about? The angels, can you see them? They're, they're coming for me. They're coming for me. They're here. And what does that mean? Does, uh, you know, I want to believe in my heart of hearts that he came, he back, came, to to, he came back to faith okay. before he died. Uh, we don't know. We'll find out in heaven. But uh, yeah. it was a poignant story. Oh, beautiful story. I mean, I, the, the case for Christ is dog-eared for me. Uh, the book that Lee Strobel wrote, The Case for for. Sorry, the case for faith is the one I'm looking at, but he also wrote the case for Christ. Both of them um, I've been through a number of times. They're very important to me as somebody who had to battle my intellectual demons to say, am I just a dummy to believe all this stuff? So so you helped me a great deal. What? Thank you.
Thank you for what you did I for me. I appreciate That's very kind. Thank I, you. I appreciate it. Uh, you changed my life by writing these things. So what about that song? And what about all the folks that walk up to you after you speak or before you speak or that you hear on the news or that you saw in your old job as a journalist? What about all those folks that say, how in the world, and you recently wrote about this in your newsletter, Yes. how in the world can we believe in a God who allows suffering and pain and my baby to die and my husband to get in a car accident and whatever else? Yeah. How can we believe in that God? Yeah. And and it's a great question. It is probably the number one objection that people raise to Christianity. Um, when I did a national survey and asked people if you could ask God any one question and you knew he'd give you an answer, what would you ask him? By far, this was the number one issue. And it's asked by two kinds of people. One is people who themselves are suffering. And they're going through pain. They're going through uh, heartache, uh, heartbreak, a divorce, a death in the family, uh, illness, whatever it is. And they're asking this question out of uh, an emotional need. For those people, honestly, they don't need an intellectual answer. They need Jesus alive and real in their lives. They need, to, they need to, uh, him to be with them in the midst of their suffering. And as Christians, we can serve that role and, and love them and be with them in the midst of that. But then there are those who really have an intellectual question about this, and how can you have a loving God if there's so much pain and suffering? And, you know, in the case for faith, I spend many pages um, um, through an interview with Dr. Peter Kraft, a wonderful philosopher, giving what— I, to me, is my most complete response to that question. But it goes on for 80 pages. <laughs> uh, and, so, and so what I do, and of course, whatever, however you answer this question in a short time frame, it sounds like you're giving a 25-cent answer to a million-dollar question. So I understand that. But what I did in my book, The Case for Christianity Answer Book, is kind of distill it down into five quick points. And I'll, I'm just, I got the go book right it. here. Tell I'll us. just go through it. People Real quickly, know. number one, God is not the creator of evil and suffering. The Bible says when, when God created the world, it was very good. Um, however, yeah, God has existed from eternity past as a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in a perfect relationship, a loving relationship. And so when he created humankind in his own image, he wanted us to be able to love each other and to love him. Well, if you're going to um, enable people to love, you must enable them not to love. There must be a choice involved. So he gave us free will. What did we do? We chose to be selfish. We chose to turn our backs from God. And consequently, uh, moral and physical suffering entered into the world. Mm -hmm. And so it, our free will kind of opened the door to that. Did God create that? No. Did he create the potential for it? Well, he had to because in order for us to experience the greatest value in the universe, which is love, we must have free will. We have to have the choice. Exactly. Absolutely. We have to have a choice. And we have unfortunately made the choice to go the other way. But then there's other things. Number two, though suffering is not good. God can use it to accomplish good. And, you know, you're nodding your head. You know this in your life as a Christian, that God can, for those that love him or are committed to following him, he will, Romans 8, 28, find ways to create good out of the suffering that we go through. And, you know, I, I could give you a hundred examples from yeah, my life. So I almost, could I. You know, I almost died three years ago, and um, um, my, my health was— you know, I, I almost died. I was in intensive care for 10 days. Um, uh, it was a horrible experience. 
And yet I can see now how God has used it for good in my life and the life of others. Uh, Number three, the day is coming when suffering will cease and God will judge evil. You know, sometimes, well, why doesn't God intervene? Why doesn't he stop this? Why does, and the, and, and the, the thing is, it's like reading half of a novel and then saying, well, the, and closing and say, well, this, is, this author's no good. He didn't wrap up the plot. Well, the book isn't over yet. Yeah. And why is God delaying the consummation of history? Because the Bible says there's still people coming to faith, and he doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants all to come to repentance and faith in him. And so he keeps the curtains of history open um, as a result. Number four, our suffering will pale in comparison to what Jesus has in store for his followers. In other words, um, the Bible tells us repeatedly that um, what we will experience in heaven after 568,267,421 years of eternity of perfect relationship with God in heaven, we will look back in this world and we will and say, yes, I did suffer. Yes, it was hard. But in light of the goodness and glory and wonder and joy that I've experienced in eternity, I have to say that my suffering, even though it was bad in in earth as, as I lived in this world, in light of eternity, as somebody once said, it's no worse than uh, a, a, a night in a second-rate hotel. Um, and then finally, we decide whether to turn bitter or to turn to God for peace and courage. Yeah. You know, Jesus, unlike a lot of other religious teachers who said that Suffering is an illusion. It's Maya. It's, you know, he was really, he said, no, no, no. He said, in this world, you will have suffering. Why? Because we live in a sin-stained world. But he said, have courage. I have overcome the world. And so he can give us exactly what we need when we suffer. He can give us peace for our current situation, and we can, he can give us courage for the days to come. Yeah. That's what we need. God will give it to us. We make the choice. Do we run to him or do we want to run away from him? And he can give us hope. Yes, that's right. I'm going to give uh, Shelly a chance after the break to ask a question, but I, I did promise folks that we would get to a couple things to uh, on yeah. today's show, so I have to make sure I do that. Here's one thing I say often, and, and look, I've had friends who've gone through worse things than I've ever gone through, yeah. and I thought, would I still be able to say this if I've gone through those awful things that they've gone through? But the one thing I say to folks sometimes is, God cannot allow this world to look good. No plane crashes, no death, no nothing. When he knows that in our hearts we're thinking foul things about each other, we're cheating on each other, we're putting each other down, we're gossiping. In a world where we choose to sin, he can't allow it to look like a beautiful world. He wants it to look bad sometimes well, to, it's, to be the consequence of being evil and sinful. Yeah, it's inevitable. I mean, if you say, well, God, stop murder from happening. Well, how, where do you back that up? Uh, do, you, do you then uh, remove a person's free will because he has a desire to murder someone? It's going to act on it. Well, now I have to take away your free will. Do you really want that? Is that what you want? You can't love. That you, you can't love. You you have no choice. No, we all want choice in this world. We're all pro-choice in that sense, yeah, yeah. and we want to be able to make choices. And so, uh, you know, if, if if the only way God is going to prevent all evil and suffering in this world is to take away our free will. Well, we don't want that. That's well, right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. Shelly has a good question about what happens to people. What's the difference between people who uh, claim Christianity or who follow Christ and people who don't? Um, you had uh, thought of it yesterday, Shelly. She's looking at me inquisitively. I know the question. Okay. That wasn't the question. Okay. Well, well it's, it's close. We'll get to it. Yeah. Let's Thanks. stop talking now. Okay. <laughs> After the break. Okay, right. When we return with Channel Mom. Soldier on 
Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com. If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialized in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. (sighs) What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. Your love is like radiant diamonds. Yay, my new favorite song. Who is this? Is this Need to Breathe? And yes. I'm trying to get them on the show. I, I, I think it's going to happen. I, I want it for my birthday, just so you know. Everybody knows now. Okay, that that's what you want for your birthday? Yes. Okay, great. Good to know, <laughs> Shelf. I guess I have to buy my BFF, Need to Breathe. Hey, we're giving away Lee Strobel's book. He is on the show today. The Case for Christianity Answer book. It's his brand new book. Go to Channel Mom uh, on Facebook. It's Facebook dot com backslash channel mom and tell us that you'd like to win that book we're gonna get right into it with lee shelly has a good question for him just to remind you lee strobel former atheist he was a journalist he investigated if jesus was the real deal and found out after almost two years that he was the real deal and began writing best-selling books about his investigations and what he found the case for christ the case for faith one of my favorites and now the case for christianity answer book and he's written many more uh shell go ahead with your question so you said yesterday that you had interviewed both sides of the of the table, so to speak, yeah. you, um, scholars, both believers and atheist scholars. So what did you find in the difference between the two, even then, because yeah. you had an open mind? Yeah, like, I mean, so you do have brilliant people on both sides of the issue. Uh, it's interesting, though, I just read a report recently where they tracked down the top 10 known highest IQ people in the world. So the people with the 10 highest IQs in, in the world, uh, in my recollection, is seven of them believe in God. Six of them are Christians. So it's interesting that if you take the people who theoretically, you know, by the IQ test are the smartest, by the majority certainly believe in God. You know, I, I've i interviewed both. I used to have a TV show where I had uh, debates between atheists and Christians and people of different religions and so forth. So you find brilliant people on both sides. Uh, to me, um, you know, there's a difference in terms of um, uh, who they are as people. 
And um, I've, I've, there's a lot of atheists who are friends of mine, and I'm, they're great folks. There is a whole other dimension to those who are followers of Christ uh, in terms of their scholarship, just because of who they are in Christ and their character and values and so forth that, to me, shines like a beacon. Not saying anything negative against the atheists uh, I know, because they're good people as well. Um, but to me, the... Uh, what I tried to do in my investigation is to say, I'm going to try to be like an umpire in a baseball game and call a ball a ball, a strike a strike, and just say, you know, are you willing to do that? That, to me, is the issue. I don't care how smart you are. Are you willing to consider the evidence and not do what a lot of people do, which is rule out the possibility of the supernatural at the outset? Yeah. And you see a lot of atheist scholars will say, it is impossible. The supernatural does not exist. Now, tell me your evidence. And I, I want to say, let's start out with a humility that says that, you know, I'm going to investigate the evidence and just let the chips fall where they may. And I believe, personally, if you do that in an honest and forthright way and weigh the evidence fairly, in my view anyway, the evidence and the scales tip decisively in the favor of Christ. Yeah. You know, my daddy is a theologian, and I think he would admit to you that he struggles with the concept of the supernatural. Yeah. He, he's a big, he's an intellectual, so he struggles with sort of simply believing the Bible step by step. Yeah. So, very interesting. We have five minutes left. I want to get to two things. Yeah. So, so you got to speak in sound bites, Lee. Um, <laughs> number one, um, I want you to just address the moms out there to tell them. Having been an atheist and a believer, what kind of an impact do they have on their children if they decide to t train them up one way or the other? What is the difference in a child's life if you're going to train them up to not believe or believe? You know, when my wife was an agnostic, and we had two children at the time, two young children, and she became best friends with a Christian, and the Christian asked her, how are you going to raise your kids? And, and Leslie, my wife, said to her, well, I'm just going to let them decide. And the Christian friend looked at her and said, oh, Leslie. You know, look at this world in which we live. There are a million influences. Most of them are bad. And, you know, if you leave your kids to that cross current of culture, you don't know what in the world's going to happen. We have to, and I believe everything you say about the importance of motherhood. I mean, we sacrificed as a family, and I'm not saying everybody needs to do this, but we sacrificed as a family. My income was cut 60% when I went into the ministry, and yet my wife stayed home with our our children and raised our children and you know what there is a difference you know you you invest in your children spiritually you will see the difference and you may not see it for a long time but it, it will be there and have faith our kids go through periods of wandering and doubts and questions that's natural our son did our son went through a very turbulent time in high school and yet god got a hold of him uh, in in uh, between high school and college now he's got a phd in theology teaches at university and so forth so um I would say to moms, your role is so critically important. Build that spiritual foundation with your children, and God will honor that. Yeah. Amen. Ugh, I ache for it. I wish I had six days to talk to you because I would also like to talk about what our culture does and all the kind of subtle ways in which they draw us away from God. And, and they hurt our children and they hurt our mothering. And they, yeah. So thank you for telling moms. You are so hugely important. You are raising the next generation. Absolutely. They, they can either help our world or hurt our world. And if you do it well, they will help our world. So I thank you if you're committed to doing well. Last thing, you only have two minutes to answer this, Lee. 
Spiritual mismatch. Right. What if you're in a marriage where you believe or your spouse believes and the other one does not? Yeah. I say three things real quick that you should do. Um, if, if you're a believer and your spouse isn't, number one, or focus on three relationships. Number one, focus on your relationship with God. You may have to spend a lot of time personally with God because maybe your spouse won't let you go to church. But um, build your relationship through prayer, through Bible study, and so forth. Build your relationship with God. Number two, build your relationship with a mentor. Find a Christian woman, somebody of the same gender, and and um, spend time with that person. Let that person mentor you in the Christian faith. Number three, um, build your relationship with your spouse. There are reasons you married your spouse. Emphasize those. Build on those things and, and, and build a strong marriage that way. Uh, trusting that as you continue to pray for that spouse, that the day will come when they too will join you in faith. Amen. Amen. I can't say anything more, except Lee has a new book coming out. Can you tell us what the title is? Uh, the Case for Grace. When's that coming out? February. February, The yeah. Case for... Oh, yay. <laughs> you know what? I don't like to be sort of a panderer and like, <laughs> you know, do cheerleading when somebody's on the show. But what can you say? I just love what you write, and you're you're a lifesaver. I mean, God is the lifesaver, but you, your books have helped save lives. Thank you. It's so kind. It, it's a joy. Yeah. It really is. Thank, Thank you. you for what you do. Thank Leslie for what she did to raise your children well. Both Shelly and I stayed home. And no, not everybody can stay home, but oh. I believe in it. And, I, and you know, God bless her for taking your mother seriously. God bless you. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. We so appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Shelly. Thank you, Shelly. Okay. Okay. All righty. We're going to be right back, and I'm going to tell you uh, who's going to be on the show coming up next week. Jorge, what are you telling me to do? <laughs> He's saying wrap, wrap it, it up. up. Okay. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. (sighs) What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com. I so hope that you were helped by the show today with Lee Strobel. Shelly, thanks for being with me today. I appreciate it. I always appreciate you. So glad to be here. Thank you. Yes. Um, Coming up next week, interesting topic. We're going to have Drew Pittman, who is a sports agent, I believe, uh, has written a new book, and the foreword is by Tony Dungy, former NFL coach, about fathering and fatherhood. Even if you're a mom, you're going to want to hear what he has to say and how it relates to the sports world and the way in which we raise our kids. So much attention on the professional sports world. Good stuff. In the meantime, moms, thanks for all you do to raise your kids well. When you think nobody notices or appreciates it, I do. God does. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com.